We're two modern mamas with a goal to inspire empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, and joy, no matter your journey, gender, or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder. And I'm Jess of Hold the Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, a licensed and certified athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology and mama to Baron Camille. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hey guys, Jess here, long time to talk. I feel like I haven't been on this podcast for like five weeks. Yeah. Laura and I, I know, it's been crazy. A lot of mishaps, computers damaged, files lost. I've recorded a couple of podcasts that have disappeared um, into thin air. So it's me. I really do belong on this podcast. I'm a co-host. Um, Laura and I are here today just shooting the proverbial shit. Can I say shit? I feel yeah. like it's fine. Yeah. Our listeners know. <laughs> they know. Um, we're shooting the shit today and answering a few questions and updating. And um, I'm so excited. These are my favorite. I mean, we've talked about this before. I love our guests. They've all been incredibly like educational and amazing people, but I really just love getting to see Laura's face. It's just, and you go, I go into the recording with such a different mindset when I have a, like yes. a professional guest on. I'm like, I got to get my, again, shit together and <laughs> like organize my thoughts and show up and be professional but with you. It's like when we started this call, I was like stuffing my face with a salad and still feeding <laughs> Evie and like waiting for Rusty to get home. And, and I know that we can just kind of like chat, chit chat and walk from room to room and get organized while we're on the computer. Um, and so that is nice because it, it's ultimately just chatting with a friend and we, life has been so crazy for us each that like we used to be able to talk all day or at least every day. And things have been so nuts that we just like, these are our updates. These are like our catch-ups just as much as they are listener catch-ups. So I know I almost don't even text you sometimes because I'm like, I'm just going to save that for when we're on the podcast. (laughs) But it's like, we don't have two hours to to also be on Skype. So it's hard. I wish we were neighbors, but I know. It makes these episodes that much more fun when we're actually yes. hearing things from each other for the first time. So, yes. hi. Totally. Hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> I love your face. I love your face, too. <laughs> oh, it's the best. Um, let's jump into some updates. I guess I'll, I'll go first because I know you have a lot. Yes. And I am just Gosh. basically going to touch, touch on the latest with our most recent trip because people tend to really love when I share on social media about our travels with Evie. Um, Do it. And we have so much fun and I'm in the works. Everyone is like at bated breath. I am working on a camping post. So she, we, we went camping at two different sites this last trip and it was, she just loves nature so much that it makes my heart melt. But, um, yeah, so we took a trip this past week. It was, we were gone for five days. We went down to Santa Barbara for a wedding, um, stayed with my, and that's about a four and a half, five hour drive, depending on traffic, stayed with my family in this like kick-ass Airbnb in, um, actually Carpinteria, which is a little South of Santa Barbara and had this awesome backyard patio and play structure. And we like made great food and drank some wine. And then we went to the wedding and Santa Barbara's just such a fun town. I wish I could stay there. I could have stayed there for longer, but it was so nice to have time with my family and, um, it's so fun. So on that note, Evie is like full on crawling now, hands and knees fast as hell. It is so fun. Um, and I'm going to circle back to that in a minute. Cause I want to touch on like the transition there, but in any case, um, it was super fun to have this big house and this big yard because she was all over the place and just crawling like crazy. And then we went to the wedding Saturday night and then Sunday we woke up and went downtown and then we camped at El Capitan. So those of you in California who have been out to Santa Barbara, it is this amazing campsite. I don't even know how I got a site, but I did. Um, and we popped a tent and we, you could, there's just a trail that goes right down to the beach. Um, and we spent the weather. It was like at mid eighties at seven, six, seven at night. And so we were just hanging on the beach and Evie was crawling up and down the beach and having so much fun and climbing on the rocks. And we went back up to the campsite and made a beautiful fire and just like had some alone time after kind of a crazy couple days. Um, and that was awesome. We woke up the next day and went and visited my step grandma who happens to be in the Calgary hall of fame and is still riding and still, she's just incredible. And we got to hang, spend some time with her and see the horses. And, um, she gave us some of her yogurt starter, which was very special and very, I don't know, for me, it's kind of like, it's, 
goes back to like our ancestors and handing things down. And there was something magic about it, but it was also the best yogurt I've ever had. So we are in the process of um, making our own yogurt, which I will update you guys on. Follow me on social media on Instagram because I'll post about it in my stories. But that's been a blast. And then that night we um, actually drove, we went wine tasting and to this restaurant called Industrial Eats in Bealton that is unreal. And then we went wine tasting at this like organic winery and farm, of course, and it was amazing. And we had so much fun. And then we, we found there's a, you guys, there's a website called hip camp and it's like Airbnb, but for camping. And there's this guy in San Luis Obispo who lives like right in town. And he, um, is on this site and he has all these kind of little like spaces in his property, this rad property that he's kind of built up himself and it's quirky and creative and so cool. And we've just popped a tent stayed right in town, um, walked into town, ate at this restaurant called the vegetable butcher, which is a misnomer because they also serve really high quality meat. Um, it's kind of like Mexican style. It's so good. And then slept on the stars again and then woke up and I actually had to get some work done. Um, I've been, I worked throughout the trip, but this was like, I needed a chunk of time for some meeting stuff. So walked into town and worked and she slept in, in the tent and then Rusty joined us and, um, or joined me and then we just enjoyed our day in slow. And then she had her first pool experience in Paso Robles, um, where Rusty's mom lives. Then we had a delicious dinner at a restaurant called Hatch downtown Paso and then came home. So it was a whirlwind. We did a lot. We ate a lot of good food. And I was telling Jess before we got on here, guys, that, uh, shit never hit the fan. It was just like one of those trips that like, it was just smooth and fun. And I got home and I was a little tired, but also just like my cup is very filled and, um, it was awesome. And it really kind of showed me that I can, I took some paid time off of real work, but I also am able to balance and I was able to get really productive time in even at the campsite I worked for a little bit and um, I didn't feel like I was losing time with my family I felt like I was pretty capable of compartmentalizing the two Um, so that felt good if I felt very like empowered by that and um, just feel like we have a good rhythm down now with travel and being on the road and packing light and um, communication man traveling as a family with a baby especially requires a lot of communication and Rusty and I are kind of like I feel like we're in a really good group with that. So that's cool. And then this trip also made me really want another baby <laughs> because at the wedding, my, my cousin and his wife, we just love them and they just had their second. And, um, we, I got to, sn- of course, like we had a wedding with no baby. We got uh, our, my cousin's in-laws watched her, but I spent like an over, well over an hour just snuggling this, um, this little one. And so that was really sweet. She's like six weeks old and just adorable. So we've talked a lot. There's this, just the conversations are happening, but, um, not yet, but not far off. I hope at least the trying, or at least our plan is to stop preventing, um, but not to stress about it, like actually trying. So do you have a a date in mind where you're going to stop preventing? We have or some just transitions it's kind of- coming. So some listeners already know this because people have reached out individually. I've kind of shared some stuff, but I'm not ready to fully, fully share. Um, but we're downsizing. We've got some transitions coming. And I think once we're settled in that next stage, which ideally will be in just a couple months, we'll probably start. Just because I was super sick last time. And if we're in the middle of a giant transition and um, needing to get rid of stuff and like pack and move, then I need to make sure that I'm not vomiting. <laughs> all the time that would not be fun so I, yeah ooh, no I can't imagine that <laughs> um but I also have it I have this weird gut feeling that I'm not going to be as sick this time and I think part of it is because I'll be preoccupied with Evie but also when I got pregnant with Evie <clears throat> I had only had a period for like after seven years for less than a year and I think that the like onslaught of hormones that come with pregnancy just threw my body for a loop um I was also using topical natural progesterone for the first half of my pregnancy. And I know that can kind of add to things. So I don't know. We'll see. And I also have um, new insight into how my body feels best nutritionally, like with which types of foods. And I know that can all go out the window with pregnancy. I'm not naive to that. But I also think that I just have more tools in my toolbox, partly thanks to this podcast and all the people we've talked to. <laughs> I've learned so no. much in the last year. It's insane. So I'm really looking forward to doing it again. I think just probably the one more time, but, uh, we will see. And, um, I'm just so in love with my kid that I, I am excited to just, I don't know, bring another one into the world and eat. And Rusty is just the most incredible dad I've ever met. And I know I'm biased, but he's so good with her. So, um, that is where we're at in that regard. 
Life is good. Eating has been fun. Teething has not been fun. Sleeping is still what it is. It's not amazing. It's not awful. <laughs> yeah, but it's like you're dealing with it well. Like yeah. for about a year of like inconsistent sleep, mm-hmm. you know, for some people that can hit really hard. But I think you're, you know, quote unquote, doing all the right things mm-hmm. elsewhere, like supporting yourself. Yeah. Like nutritionally and movement and mindset. And I think that makes a huge difference. Like 100%. when you have those, the ability to do that. Yeah. Those non-negotiables. And yeah, I also have like, you know, I, I don't know. I think that really plays into it. Headspace and nutrition. And we try to not stay up too late. And ultimately she goes back down pretty quickly. So she's up on a good night, like twice. And that's real. I have a friend, a good friend of mine, whose kid is up every 90 minutes and he is 13 months old. Mm-hmm. And it's been like that his whole life. And I can't even fathom. So I'm, I kind of, even when I don't have a child, <laughs> I wake up a couple times a night to pee or grab water or whatever. Like I sleep better now than I probably did towards the end of my pregnancy. Um, on that note too, I am going to, I have two nights away, my first two nights away next weekend. You guys might know Kristen, the girl with the butter and Taylor from She Thrives. Um, I'm taking a DNS for Olympic weightlifting seminar up in Seattle for three days and Rusty and Evie are coming with me. And then Rusty's going to fly home alone with her and Taylor and Kristen and I are going to road trip to Portland and have two days and two nights in Portland of just eating food and drinking good wine and just, I don't know. I I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I mean, I will have a blast. (laughs) It's going to be so weird not having her, but so stay tuned for that. For my first trip away, I might get on, on my stories and like, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm sure I will have enough fun. Those two women are just a blast. So I'm really excited. Um, and that is that, I guess the last piece that I wanted to touch on was just the movement thing with Evie. Those of you might know that she's been belly scooting belly, kind of like belly scooting for a long time and then sort of army belly crawling. And then, um, if you listen to our last episode with Eliza, we talk all about belly crawling. I cannot tell you how awesome that episode is. Go back and listen if you haven't, but I got, I got on a call with Eliza and she was kind of watching Evie move and she's like, Hey, you should look into cranial sacral for her. And I was like, all right. And my friend had actually recently had a baby who was very colicky and saw an immense improvement from a local midwife who's also a cranial sacral therapist. And so, um, I called her and we went in and it was 90 minutes. I cried twice. Evie was like moving into her touch. It was a soft, if you don't know what it is, kind of like soft tissue work. Um, and she was just a little bit wound up. And the reality is that almost every child through the birthing process in some way has some sort of like twisting or, I mean, imagine coming out of a hole that's smaller than you and like really the babies mm-hmm. work really hard too. So she's had a little bit of like of a twist in her sacrum and her, um, suboccipitals. And so she just worked on her for an hour and a half and she, Evie was like loving it and moving. She's like, I've never had a kid who like worked with me so much. Um, and by the end she's like, she won't need another one. And we got home and within 15 minutes she was army crawling like one hand over the next within another half an hour to an hour almost exclusively hands and knees crawling and has been oh my God. hands and knees running ever since. So I, it gives me goosebumps to even think about. I, I just got the goosebumps. Yeah. So I was like, what the heck? And the reason why she That's was amazing. doing that like gremlin scoot is because she was just overcompensating on one side. And so using her arms and more scooting, you guys can't see me, but Jess is watching me do it. <laughs> um, and You're nailing got, it. Yeah. As soon as I got unwound, all of a sudden she was like, oh, look at me. And now she's pulling herself up on stuff. And it's just so fun to watch. And we hope she crawls for a while. It's really good for her core. Yeah. Um, but it's been fun just to watch her move and she is so proud of herself and that's really fun to see too. So, um, that is the latest over here. That was going to be a short update and it was not at all, but, um, that <laughs> but we is, needed it. That is how we roll. It's been so long. <laughs> I know. I loved hearing every bit of it. You okay. guys are like just inspiring me with your travel. I mean, we have been, we haven't taken a vacation. I think I talk about this every episode because you're always talking about all the cool places you've been. We haven't taken a vacation, like even just Tim and I, and I can't remember the last time. So I told Tim the other day, I'm like, we've got to go at least to like Austin. And this, the part is like with Texas, like we don't have all these cool places, like just mm-hmm. within reach, you know, like I feel like California, it's like Santa Barbara or like, you know, San Francisco yeah, or whatever. Big right there. Yeah. Um, Napa. It's not outside of our back door for sure. And right. it's like 108 degrees today. So like we're just so limited right now. But anyways, you've inspired me. I can't wait for your camping update because we were just telling Bear that we're going to go this fall. Um, so I can't wait. 
I just I'm excited. Love it. It, yeah, it's way too hot to go right now, um, but for sure, for sure soon. So that's awesome. Rusty and I are actually going solo camping for our anniversary in Napa. There's a state park like just north of Napa, and it's so expensive to stay there. So we're gonna leave Evie with my mom for the first time overnight. And we're going to do two full days and one night in Napa and just camp in between instead of uh, spending a lot of money on a Airbnb or something. So that should be fun. <laughs> That's awesome. We I can't wait to. Yeah. You guys nail it. So I, I, I am also waiting with bated breath for your post. Okay. That's good to know. <laughs> I should probably put that high on the okay. priority list. <laughs> All right. What is new awesome. with you, my friend? Okay. Oh God. Where do I start? Um, okay. Biggest news. And if you've been following me on Instagram, then you've kind of seen this because I announced it, is that I'm leaving my full-time job. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. Um, I am still get a little freaked out because I've always been one of those people. And Tim, Tim, my husband, is not. Like, I've always been one of those people that is like, I'm going to work for a company, and I'm going to work for a company with benefits, and I'm going to stay with the same company for, you know, 35 years until I retire. And, um, Tim is not that way. He's very much like you chase your dreams and don't work for somebody else. And, uh, you know, if you're working for somebody else, then you're not chasing your dreams and all that stuff. So anyways, he's very much a motivation for me, um, because he pushes me outside of my comfort zone to do things that normally I probably wouldn't do. And this is one of them. So I, like I said, leaving my full-time job, I've been with Arasti for five years almost exactly now. And it's been such a great experience. I've met some of my best friends, like my, my tribe, my people there. Um, but it was one of those things that's like, you get an opportunity and the stars kind of align and you never, it was one of those dreams I never even really thought that I had until it was kind of placed in front of me. So it's awesome. I am going to be doing a mixture of things. Actually, I'm going to be working with Cassie Joy, who's, um, she's like my mentor, my business mentor. She's a really good friend of mine. She's here in San Antonio. Um, so she is building a team cause she's kind of taken off. And so I'm going to be doing a lot of work for her with some projects that she has upcoming. It's really, really exciting. I can't even, and that's the like hard part. I can't even like really tell everyone about them, <laughs> but I'm like, it's going to be such, so much tease. I know so much fun. And then also a huge part of that, that leap was from beauty counter, which was like this huge unexpected thing that kind of happened, um, over the last like six months. And so beauty counter has been incredible. I have like a team of, I think it's like 35 now. Um, yeah, crazy. All just organic, like organically. And it's, it's weird to me to think that there's that many people, but like, I know, all of them personally, individually, like they're my friends. It's crazy. Um, and so that has been huge. So with a combination of both of those things, like it's just allowed me to actually have the freedom to make that decision. Whereas before it would have been like, I don't know if that's going to work. So we're super excited. Nonetheless, I'm still going to be with Arasi for like two more months. So it's kind of like anticlimactic. Um, I just am staying on to like help train my, my replacement and make sure that everything is, is a really smooth transition. So September 10th, look, look out for me. Cause I'll probably be a lot more active online and also to build like part of the reason why I did that was because it would afford me more flexibility in building my own blog, working on the podcast. Um, you know, have, I have a program, a certification that I'm doing in epigenetics that I've just had no time to do. Um, and so there's just going to be a lot of good things coming in 2018, 2019. So I'm really excited. That's my first update. <laughs> um, I feel like I don't even get to know everything. Like, well, usually I would know everything, but I, I, I there's things that you, maybe you can oh, tell I me can, off I'll air. I'll tell you. I'll tell but you. But still, I'm air. like, I can't wait. But because we haven't got to talk that much, like this is all, you know, it's, we kind of got an idea and I'm always like, well, so when's the actual transition? But it's so fun that it's happening so soon and you're, you're knocking out of the park. I'm just so proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud of myself too. Cause honestly it's against my nature. Like I mentioned, like I am very much a creature of habit. I'm very much like not an entrepreneur in a lot of ways. And so to be in this place where like, I'm like a business owner or like an independent contractor, like that's very scary, but I feel like it's happening for a reason. So growth is really important. And also I'm the most inflexible person, both physically and <laughs> mentally. 
that there is. And I feel like a lot of this year has been like a challenge to that, like that thought that I have about myself, that I'm just not a flexible person. Like I like structure, I like routine. Um, and the matter, like the fact of the matter is like with everything that's happening, it's like, maybe I'm not as rigid as I thought I was. Maybe I do thrive on a little bit of like change and growth and all that stuff. So it's been powerful. That's cool. Um, that's, I actually have a list of stuff because I, I like don't want to forget everything. Second life change, we're moving, which is also a blessing and a curse. Um, we've been in this house since Camille was like three weeks old. And so we love this house. We love the neighborhood. We love everything about it. Um, but we're renting it and we're probably going to continue to rent right now until we figure out exactly what we want to be. Cause we also like the freedom of being able to just kind of like, if we wanted to move somewhere now, especially, um, we could. And so they put the house on the market. They actually sold it. So we're moving into actually our, our like dream neighborhood. We found a house that's actually cheaper than the one we're in and it's smaller. So there's only two bedrooms. We're going to have to downsize like crazy. Um, but the kids already share a room and we're going to do bunk beds. They're like super excited. So, and the house is also at, like a DIY fixer upper. So stay tuned on Instagram. <laughs> oh my God. I'm scared. I'm really scared. My Tim is very handy, but basically what the owner is going to let us do is like do a lot of the work ourselves, you know, and we'll either like deduct rent or whatever. Like they'll give us some money to do that it. But it's question. like, like don't work on it. If, if you still have to pay full price, no, no, no. <laughs> we're not going to pay for the stuff. We're just going to do the labor, which is kind of fun. Cause we get to pick out what we want essentially. Um, so you're going to see this, like it's, it needs a lot of work. And so we'll document it as we go through on Instagram. I'm sure that'll be fun, but moving also in the midst of a, I'm on day 19 of kind of like an elimination whole 30 diet. So also been documenting that on Instagram pretty heavily, but it was finally like I, my health had kind of reached this like apex of where I, I just didn't feel awesome. Like it felt fine. And even I went to the doctor, I had an amazing experience with my new doctor and she was like, but your health, like everything seems healthy, but how are you? Like my weight's fine. Like my measurements are fine. My blood pressure is fine. I was like, I just don't feel great. I don't feel awesome. So she spent like an hour with me talking through a bunch of stuff and you know, I have like eczema. I've had, I think we should call attention to the fact that your MD spent an hour with you. Yes. I'm, I shout her name from the rooftops because she's a medical doctor. She's not a DO. She's not a functional medicine practitioner. Like that's not, she, it was an actual legit ND mm-hmm. and she spent an hour with me and every suggestion that she made that visit was holistic, a supplement, food, a movement. Like it was not straight, like, okay, well we can put you on medication for that. Um, so it was incredible. Like she suggested like things like maca and rhodiola and L-theanine, thionine. I can't can't pronounce it. It was amazing. So part of that suggestion was the food stuff because I have eczema and I've had some like bloating, just constant like water retention and bloating. So I'm on AIP and working through that right now, um, which was really hard at first, but now I'm really committed to it. I'm going to do the full reintroduction and stuff. So uh, I feel really great. The only sad part is my eczema hasn't gotten any better. (laughs) Everything else is great um, except for my eczema, which makes me think that I don't know. I, I really don't know what the Could next it be step topical, like, or, uh, like something that it, you're using in your house or, it should be, but I, I mean, I use all really clean products. I have literally like no a random idea. allergy to something that's not even like toxic, but still yeah. allergenic. Could Who be. knows? Yeah. I don't know. So that will be the next step. Okay. I'm glad Fun. everything else is going so well. That's rad. Yeah, everything else. Is, I cut out coffee, which I'm like, Ugh. who am I? <laughs> I know, but I actually don't think I'm going to go back to coffee. Um, as like it hurts me to my core <laughs> to say it, but one of the biggest things that I've gathered from since cutting it out is I was always hungry when I was drinking. I was drinking three cups of coffee a day too, because um, I'm not a moderator. I am absolutely not a moderator. I I either have to like cut it out completely or like that's, or I'll just go and go and go until it's more and more and more. And I was always hungry with coffee. I always felt stressed and anxious. Like I was constantly at this, this low level anxiety. Um, and my 
my, my, like I said, my appetite was crazy and just my, my blood sugar was up and down constantly throughout the day. And I don't feel that at all anymore. In fact, like I have to force myself to eat a lot of the times cause I'm just like not hungry. It's crazy. Um, never have I ever felt it's like crazy. this in my life. Yeah. I know. Hi friends, Laura here with some exciting news. Four Sigmatic has come on as a Modern Mamas podcast sponsor. We are so excited. If you've been following along with my Instagram stories, especially you've seen that I use this stuff every single morning. The Lion's Mane Elixir is my absolute favorite. I add it to my boosted coffee for an extra boost of brain clarity, productivity, and focus that I genuinely did not experience until I started adding this in every day. They also make other elixirs like Rishi for calming, Cordyceps for an energy boost, and Chaga for an immune boost. Along with those elixirs, they also have really cool blends. I love the Lion's Mane and Coffee blend when I travel because I don't have to worry about getting my hands and lips on high-quality coffee. I have it ready to go. All you need is hot water. You mix in the blend and you're set. They have caffeine-free options as well, like a chai latte and a turmeric latte for gut health and skin glow. And they have all kinds of incredible blends. I cannot recommend enough that you go check out their website, find whatever mushroom blend is, is going to fit with your lifestyle, and give it a try. The awesome folks at Four Sigmatic have offered our listeners, you guys are special, you get 15% off any order. If you go to foursigmatic.com forward slash modern mamas or simply type in modern mamas, all lowercase, all one word at checkout, you get 15% off. Check it out, see what fits your life, and happy shrooming something. Um, but I've been loving matcha. I found a way to make it like a, like it that's AIP. That's great. I'll share that on the blog soon. Um, and so that's my food update. How much time do we have for this update? I feel as though we should get to some questions in the next, like, I don't know, go for another 10 minutes. It's fine. Okay, cool. Um, and update. And I want to share this because I actually am curious if other people or have dealt with this before, but I got my blood work done. Um, and I haven't met with my doctor. I haven't had the follow-up, but I requested the blood work because I feel like I'm fairly educated enough to work through some of the results by myself. And so a lot of it, so my thyroid is fine. Um, like totally fine for the most part. There was one, I forget the actual, the reading that was still in a good range, but it was kind of like close to like questionable. Um, but other uh, for like, I fully expected like to have a thyroid issue from the way I was feeling. And that was totally fine. Pretty much everything was fine except for my cholesterol. And I was looking back at my previous blood results and before I had Camille, um, it was high as well. Like the total cholesterol, my LDL cholesterol was high and my particle sizes are questionable. Um, I know the particle sizes are actually one of the major like concerns. Um, also, my iron, my ferritin level was low and my vitamin D was low because I've been slacking on my vitamin D supplement as well. And also getting outside right now is really hard in Texas. So I know that's probably pay, playing a part in it. Um, but I tying it in, like I'm doing that epigenetic certification right now. And one of the things that I've learned being a part of like the, the group that's with that certification and um, like working through some of the modules myself is that like. I could have a genetic predisposition to not being able to process like plant sterols or saturated fats very well. Like that's, that's a real thing. Like, like even though those are considered healthy foods, certain people may not respond well, um, with an overabundance of them. And so, um, I'm going to be running my, as a part of my certification, I'm going to be running my genetic testing and kind of doing epigenetic coaching on myself. And I'm so, so psyched to like run it and see. Um, and so I'm just curious, like if listeners out there, if you've kind of been on this like paleo ish, maybe keto, more high fat diet, like, have you seen that, um, in your own blood results? Um, cause for the most part, people have incredible results and I felt great on keto. It just seems that maybe, and again, I'm totally hypos- hypothesizing here because I have no idea why really um, my results were that high. I mean, they was like high, yeah. like off of. I've the heard extreme. Chris Presser talk about specific gene mutations, like you were saying, that just yeah. it's very it's rare, but it's a thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's kind of like the you know it's the exception to the norm versus the. Uh, Absolutely. You know, so I'd be yeah. I can't wait to hear more as you kind of dive into this a little bit. 
Yeah. And that's why, why I'm really excited about the epigenetic stuff is because I think for the most part, most people can say eat like mostly paleo ish or high fat, low carb diet, and you're going to be the healthiest you can possibly be. And it's, I think the epigenetic coaching comes in when you are that anomaly and you can't quite figure out like paleo doesn't work for me or keto's not working for me. It's working for everybody else. Like what's the deal? Um, and that's where we can really like deep dive into like individual, individual, individualized health, which is really exciting for me. I love it. That's so cool. So, yeah. And those are, those are the main things. Um, my website is still down. It's going to relaunch a whole new thing. Um, whole new like format, whole new, um, colors and I like icon. What's the word I'm looking for? Logo. logo, logo, theme, everything. So I'm really, really excited about that. But until then, like not much content coming out of hold the space. <laughs> you, but right you, you share a lot on, on social media. And I think that people like to get stuff there. So yeah, in the meantime, check that out. And then the show notes can always be found on my website. So yeah, all links there. Cool. Cool. Okay. Well, should we jump into questions? Let's do it. We have two. I think we'll, we'll hit both. I, I don't think either okay. requires, both of them are things we've touched on. Um, so the first one's about food, which I could talk about forever, especially when it comes to food for our kids. So her question is, well, first more of a story and then a little question. <laughs> so my little guy is four and a half months old and I'm starting to research how I want to approach starting solids with him. I plan to start around six months or when he shows me that he is ready. I'd like to do baby led weaning with him too. So here's my question. How do you mamas handle balanced family wanting to feed your child junk food? Oh, there is a really solid question from the get-go. My bad. My husband and I eat really <laughs> real whole foods at home, and our family eats candy, ice cream, and other junk food on, the, on a regular basis. I'm trying to go into this with the mindset that occasional junk isn't going to harm my child if he is eating whole foods the majority of the time at home. But we see family on a regular basis a few times a week, and my mother-in-law, bless her heart, has a full pantry of snacks and candy and is always offering sweets to the other grandchildren. I'm not... So much worried about my family, but in-laws can be stickier for multiple reasons. That's my aside. Mm. I'm finding myself getting very anxious about starting solids because I know I'll have to deal with this concern with the in-laws. So what are our thoughts? I can go if you want. I think you probably know that I'm going to be a little bit more hard and fast on this Mm -hmm. (laughs) potentially. So (laughs) for me, first year, first two years, it's not, it's not, it's a non-negotiable. No one's giving my kids sugar period, especially in the first year. Um, and that's, I'm, that's maybe a little bit strict. It may be a little bit too hard and fast to for some people, but in those first, so if you start feeding a child at six months, six months to one year, those are the first six months for them to get their first real food nourishment outside of breast milk or formula. Those are their first six months to potentially most importantly, develop a palate for food. So if some of those first foods are very, very palatable, meaning they have like a ton of sugar in them, something that's very addictive, that's going to impact their willingness to eat other foods, right? So if you give a kid to start off things like that are high in sugar, candy, treats, whatever, they're less likely to eat the, you don't have to go as far as like sardines and egg yolks, right? They might even be less likely to eat avocado or just scrambled eggs or things that are so much more nutrient dense. And so you're, in my opinion, kind of getting set up for a struggle down the road. I'm not saying that my kid is going to be the perfect eater. I know for a fact. We're already seeing some pickiness on certain days and whatnot. But throughout the course of the week, she will always eat the nutrient-dense foods at least once or twice. And so I guess my point is that knowing that and, um, like, uh, you know, the work that we've done with Megan Garcia and the things that I've learned about how important specific nutrients are in that first year of life, I would just say – you, you, I got to put your foot down. And if it turns into a, an ultimatum, like my kid doesn't come to your house, you don't get to see your grandchild. If you're going to feed him those things, that's what I would do. That's my opinion. <laughs> um, but I just, maybe at a year. So at about a year and a couple weeks, we were out and we ran into some friends and I was with some other friends like across the way and Rusty had the baby and we, our friends had bought this like organic carrot cake from this local coffee shop. And she just gave her some and she ate it. And I was like, uh, I wasn't there, but Rusty was kind of like, ah, and then he came and he told me and I was like, okay, well, at least it came from a good source or whatever, whatever. And, and she's fine. And it hasn't like <laughs> messed anything up. Like the world did not stop, but it becomes a regular thing, especially because she said they're over there on a regular basis. Like that could potentially become problematic in terms of not, ne- even if we set aside the mal, like the, the poor nutrition of those foods, it's also potentially going to stop your child from eating the high quality foods when you are at home. 
So in my opinion, I think that first year is very important to have some hard and fast rules and then maybe creating some sort of still having boundaries, but creating maybe some compromise after that first year or after the first, maybe like 18 months. Um, those are my thoughts. What about you? I'm not quite as hard and fast. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do feel very similar. Similarly, I agree on a lot of what you said. Um, not that I disagree with anything you said, but for the most part, we're a little bit more lax just because it's a lot harder because bear, um, you know, is older and we've gotten to the point, but I'm going to preface that with like our kids eat real food. 95% yeah, of the older. time. I think that's totally yeah. different too. Than he's a four older, and a half but old. yeah. And the hard part is now that she's too, I mean, she's full on communicating, talking mm -hmm. and she, if she sees her brother having something, it's like mm -hmm. good luck trying to convince her that she shouldn't have it. <laughs> Even if she doesn't like the taste, she probably just wants it because oh, he has it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so for us, I would agree that the first year we were really strict, like, um, our little one goes to a daycare and she feeds that she feeds them essentially. Like we don't have to pack food, but she provides lunch and snacks and all that stuff. And for us, it was like, we're not gonna, like she's in our daycare provider, to, uh, you know, luckily is amazing. Um, but we were like, we would just prefer to prepare to pack her food. Um, and as she got older, like when she was younger, about up to a year, it was all like fruits, vegetables, meats, like that's it. And then as she got older and she really recognized like those kids are having Cheerios mm -hmm. or, you know, animal crackers and I'm not, um, we would pack her just the best option to replace those so that she felt like she was getting something, you know, even though it wasn't like the something gluten similar. field. Yeah. Yeah. Something similar. So like there's gluten-free, um, animal crackers and, you know, cleaner quote unquote Cheerios and stuff like that. So there's all sorts of the really cool thing about living in today's day and age is that there's really awesome alternatives, um, for those types of situations. And what I would recommend if, you know, for the most part, like hard and fast, like we're just not going to feed our kids that. And here's why. But as she does get older and maybe she's going over there like once a week, ask if you can just supply your own replacements um, so that you can you can just take them all over there. Your mother-in-law or whoever can have those on hand. And that's what, you know, you guys can use in those situations. I love that. Um, I think our the grandparents love the gratification, understandably mm -hmm. so, of like they don't get to see their grandkids that often. And they want to yeah. – there's something about that generation too, I'm going to say, because I'm, I'm kind of slowly learning um, that something about that generation where they want to give. They want to give an object or a thing or a food or a treat, and they want to see the immediate – uh, res like response of the child and something that's sweet is going to get an immediate giant smile. It's amazing to me. And I, I think it's so sweet. My mom absolutely adores when Evie smiles at her. She'll do anything she can, can to get Evie to smile. And so I think it's really funny. And I think that, um, there's a lot to be said there where they, they just want, they don't really care what the thing is. They just want the thing to make mm -hmm. the child immediately so happy to see them. And I think that that's mm -hmm. sweet, but I love how you said you can kind of give them their own, um, like their, your own take on whatever that treat is. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's, that's where we are now with bear being my first kiddo, we were a lot more, um, and this is just me personally. I was a lot more like strict about it. And I think I've loosened up a little bit with it only because I know that our kit, like I have such a, a really great amount of control over what they eat 95% of the time that I'm okay to kind of let go a little bit now that they're older and that 5%. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my recommendation. Right on. I'm into it. I think yeah. we, we covered that. And, and, you yeah. know, I think a really important part of that question too, is making sure, especially because it is your in-laws that you have a solid, solid communication with your husband mm -hmm. or wife with, you know, whoever their child is, <laughs> because ultimately <laughs> your partner, your partner, that's the word you're, because <laughs> what happens here is that it's going to get extra sticky if you and your partner don't agree on the way you feel about this food because it would be really tough to have your partner side with his mom or dad on this topic and then have it be them versus you. 
So the very first conversation that has to happen has to be at home um, with your husband and saying, here, we're on the same page. We need to make sure we're unified on this front. Here's my reasoning. You know, not just be like, this is it, end of story. Like, tell him, explain to him why it is that you feel this way, the importance of it, have him listen to Megan Garcia's podcast with us, like whatever the case may be, give him some information so that he can be on your team and approach it, not from like a, we're better than you because we eat these foods and you don't, but more like, this is for the best, um, that this is to be best for our baby. And my parents, I know, like, we don't always eat the same. They don't, they're not really into like, they don't care so much about getting grass fed and whatnot. But when we come over to eat, they will always buy that for us because they know Edie's eating it. And to them, they know that it matters. And they know, especially that it matters to me. And so, um, I just, I think that just being open and communicate communicative, and it's not about us and them, it's about the child. And so I think that, um, that's a good way to just make sure to, to approach the subject and to approach the topic and to inform, uh, not to, I guess, scold. Yeah, totally. Sweet. Okay. Next question. Moving on to nursing. How has nursing and pumping gone since you've been back at work? I'm planning to nurse as long as possible, but we'll also be going back to a full-time office job and wonder how it logistically all works. And you have probably a lot more to say about this than I do because Mm -hmm. I'm still nursing a lot, but I work from home. And so, um, I'm kind of working on spreading out a little bit more, mostly because Evie love, love, loves breast milk, (laughs) but (laughs) pretty much, but more so out of my breast than out of a bottle or any other way. (laughs) So um, straight from the source. Yeah. And so if I nurse her and and I'm like happy to nurse her a lot, but I'm realizing now that if I, I'm like, I'm being more strategic about when I nurse her because I want her to eat real food. And I know if I like nurse her a half an hour before dinner, she's not going to eat as much. So I'm playing around with timing a little bit more than I ever have, but ultimately, um, we have a pretty, obviously, uh, ideal situation when it comes to breastfeeding and work and that I do work from home. And so she's here with me and I can nurse her when she needs to eat, um, and whatnot. So for us, it's been, I have a freezer stash when I go away for a day or whatever, then, um, then she gets some of that if she'll take it. But primarily she just eats real food. I'm wondering how old I'd love to know how old this little one is when Mm -hmm. she has to go back to work because, um, as they get older, they don't need as much and your supply might kind of like ebb and flow based on baby's needs. And so that's something to consider, but the whole pumping thing, I have so much respect for every mom who pumps at work because I did it once and I do not like being attached to that thing. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right there. So I bought the manual hand pump and I use that when I need to, if I'm traveling or whatever, I'm away from her for the whole day or when I was having some oversupply stuff, um, or if I need to pump for comfort and, uh, I love that thing. It's so fast and so efficient. Um, you can't work with while you're doing it because you, you need to be able to like squeeze it with your hand. But that's my thought. So I'm really curious to see what you have to say about this. Oh, my God. So much to say about pumping. I've spent like years of my life pumping, um, literally, um, probably more than half of my mom life. So I, I have two different situations. The first um, with my first pumping, I was in an office. And I, you know, drove to that office. I spent my day there. I could have my supplies. I was like, could put them in the refrigerator and like all that stuff. Um, you know, after I'm pumping to, you know, it was just very, it's easy essentially. Um, and what I would say just like logistically, um, again, like you said, it really depends on how old the baby is, how, how much they're, they're needing. Um, cause when Camille and both Bear and Camille were like about six months, um, because we started, solids and, and, you know, breast milk is still their basis. Most of their nutrition is coming from that, but they didn't quite like, it wasn't as essential like to, to live, you know? Um, so it was a little less pressure at that point. So that plays a part into it. But what I would do, honestly, I would, I get a little car adapter with my pump pump. I, in the morning after I had fed the bear, we'll use bear as an example. I'd feed bear, drop him off at daycare, hook myself up to the pump while I'm driving, have a little like, you know, what's that word? Cover over myself, drive while I'm pumping, um, get there, you know, do all my stuff, put the milk away, work. I would do a mid-morning break. I would do a lunch break pump and I did afternoon break and then I would pump on the way home. Um, so a lot of pumping to be had. Uh, what I'm are you hoping say? that you're still like clocking in hours while you're pumping. I would so, be pumping like I when even nursing, like 
because it's something that we have to do as moms and we go back to work and we should still be able to get paid for the hours that we are feeding our child, you know? I think it depends on the state, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends on the employer mm-hmm. because in Texas, if you aren't, if you don't have X number of employee, employees, then you kind of can skirt around these rules about pumping. Um, and so I was, I was lucky. My, my employer was incredible and I worked with patients at that point on a very set schedule so I could block my schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, during those pumping times, of course I would, was at lunch, I would clock out. And so that was like my time. I would just, whatever. And, but if you have your own office, I mean, that would simply be really easy just to like attach to yourself, put a cover on and go for it. Um, that's why a pumping bra is amazing. Um, trying to think of like practical tips, a cover, a car adapter. I also used a cooler with Camille because I, then I was working out of my car Mm. and I could, the cool thing, it was like very flexible. Like I could pump whenever, but I was driving everywhere. So I, I pumped while driving five times a day. Um, in the car. And that was a little bit more tricky because you have to have a cooler. You have to have it like everything has to stay cold mm-hmm. and you have to have things like sand, like they have pump part wipes. Um, you know, you want to rinse everything when you can. So it's not like, I mean, breast milk is very like clean, so it's not that big of a deal, but I remember um, with, my, with my nipple shield in the beginning being like, Oh my gosh, I have to clean it every time yeah. we use it. And then by the end I'd like clean it every couple of days. Yeah. I mean, same with me. Like I wouldn't get super crazy about it. I would just kind of rinse and like throw it back in the bag. And I put my pump parts in the cooler so they stay cold. So they're not not, like breeding. Like that's my hand pump. I leave it in the, in the, in the fridge between uses. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to keep it cool. So all that like bacteria and stuff isn't Mm -hmm. sitting there like breeding. But, um, I would say for whoever this, this person is like, you know, how old is your kiddo? What is your state regulation? Is your employer going to work with you? Make sure that you can at least get in three while you're there Mm -hmm. at work. Um, and then try and tack on those two at the end when you're actually commuting, hopefully she has her own car if she's not doing public transportation. And even then you could just put a cover if you really were dedicated, like if you're riding the bus or something. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, (laughs) what are they going to say? Um, trying to think my favorite pump is the spectra i've had both the medella and the spectra mm. if we're talking about a dual pump that's going to save you a lot of time i know you love the hand pump but it seems like in the working situation no, you yeah. have to get it done like a unique quickly. situation i think it's good for like middle of the night if you have to get up yeah. and pump real quick because you're you're, you're filled up or something yeah the it's spectra is uh, yeah um, it's quieter mm-hmm. to me. Um, it was just more effective. I don't know. It just pulled more milk out with less suction, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, and yeah, I think I that's know. awesome. I'm trying to think if there's anything else like little tidbits. Yeah. And I, I wish I wrote the person's name down, but follow up with us once you've done it and uh-huh. you've gone back to work. If you have extra questions, shoot us an email at modern podcast at gmail.com and we'll happily, um, do some extra insight, offer some extra insight, but you've got this mama. I know it's not easy, but it's, I can only imagine like how, how rewarding it is too. I mean, it's hard. I can only, you know, like I said, I can only imagine, but it's so incredible to me that you're already thinking ahead and making sure to, to set yourself up so that you can have a nice long, um, precious nursing relationship. That's awesome. It's a labor of love. Oh yeah. I I was going to say it's, you're doing it out of pure (laughs) dedication to your child. And my hope is that like when you do get home, then because you're keeping your supply up too, like you'll get to have those sweet moments of actual breastfeeding, you know, at the end Mm -hmm. of the day or start of the day before and after work, um, that will make it all worthwhile. (laughs) Yeah. And I will say around 18 months with both of my kiddos, I stopped, I weaned off of pumping during the day. Um, because at that point they were fully like eating like a heavy amount of solids and we would just nurse at home when we were together my supply, your supply kind of adjusts, um, if you can wean off slowly. And so that way, like you can still nurse when you're together and it's so it's precious. That makes it all the more sweeter. It's like a little easier on your like hormones too, right. Versus Mm -hmm. cause you kind of gradually weaned off the pump. And so Mm -hmm. nursing fewer and fewer times in a day. And then it wasn't all of a sudden like, boom. And then Mm -hmm. bam. Yes, cool. I would highly recommend that. <laughs> I wanted to touch real quick on it's kind of unrelated the that we had a 
member of our um, Modern Mamas tribe in our Facebook group share that she, I just saw, like right before we jumped on, that she um, just got off the, her little one weaned himself off the nipple shield at five months, um, which it was really tough. She, you know, she tagged me and was like, I just want to thank you for sharing your story because I've had a lot of moms reach out to me super stressed, like in the first 10 weeks of life about their baby using a shield and wanting to wean off it right away. And my advice is always just breathe because your little one will wean off of it. I promise. It's just, they need to have a strong enough suck and they need to be able to like be cognitive enough to see where your boob is, see where your nipple is and latch themselves. Otherwise they just kind of get frustrated and confused. So for me, same, same, almost the same time, right? About five and a half months, five months, I think she just one day latched and did not need the shield anymore. And so it was, it was just really cool to hear, have that mom share how happy she was. And it just goes with so many things in early motherhood. Um, when, especially when it comes to nursing and our boobs and pumping and all the things that it's just like, I think the more we stress about it, the harder it all is. If we can just kind of breathe and do what feels right to us and to our baby and not base it on anyone else's expectations or judgment or anything of the sort. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of where I would leave that, that with. Yep. Sweet. Totally. All right. Well, friends, um, it would mean so, 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 so much to us if you would subscribe. And if you're already subscribed, if you would rate and review our podcast, leave us a little bit of, um, love or feedback, whatever you feel, whatever feels right to you. And next episode, we'll have to read some of the amazing reviews you've gotten. You guys are so wonderful. We are so grateful for this tribe. I don't really have words for how grateful I am for this journey with this podcast and for my friendship with you. It's just, it's incredible. So thank you friends. And you can always find me at laura.radicalroots, just at just all the space on Instagram, email us at modern mama's podcast at gmail.com. Um, do you have any parting words, my friend? No, just glad we got to do this. So and fun. now you have, y'all are all updated. We're yeah. updated. It's great. And it feels good. Cool. Okay, guys, <laughs> we love you and we will talk, I guess, at you soon. <laughs> love okay. you. Bye. Bye. Can you hear me? Uh-oh. I think you're frozen. I can hear you. I can hear you. I can, I can hear you. Hear you. You can't hear me?